Wellness Force Radio. Feelings are essential, but they can't dictate our actions. We literally infect each other with our emotions. We came here for a special purpose. Let the purpose unveil itself. Knowing without doing is the same thing as not knowing. They're not just trackers. I'm going to wear this and it's going to help me do the right thing. Wellness Force Radio, episode 145 with AJ Richards. So when you see a mom on our stage compete and just dominate, then there's the inspiration to get to the gym. So here's the thing about gyms. They're pointless. Until the person who walks in had something in their life tell them, I need to go to utilize that facility to make myself better. Then it becomes something. Then it means something. So what Rush Club does is create a beacon of inspiration and motivation to say, if she can do it, I can do it. What's up, my friend? It's your host, Josh Trent, and welcome back to another episode for your weekly access to global experts in all things wellness as we discover the physical and emotional intelligence we need to live life well. In this episode, we're talking with the CEO of Rush Club, AJ Richards. Rush Club is a competitive fitness championship on a mission to create and tell compelling stories about the human spirit, stories about heroes who refuse the call to be ordinary and cross that threshold to pursue their own victory, stories about how we're all tested, how we overcome enemies both inside and out, about seizing our sword going into battle, but emerging victorious through this catalyst of strength and fitness, which is honestly where I started my journey towards wellness. Now, you're going to hear it in AJ's voice, but I got to interview this incredible human in Lake Tahoe live. AJ is the man. This is one of my favorite conversations from the Spartan race just a few weeks ago, where I also got to hang out with my good friend from our new show sponsor, Organifi, to show that we are creating such an impact here as a community with Wellness Force. They have linked arms with us to support our podcast and message. And I got to say, it feels so inspiring to know that the growth and impact of this show that you're a part of is reaching a bigger global audience. There's really just people who believe in their health and wellness and in nourishing GMO-free, organic, healthy nutrients, including adaptogens like ashwagandha that are found in my favorite green juice on the planet from Organifi. We're celebrating this new partnership and here's what you're getting 20% off. Yep, two zero off the entire website over at Organifi.com. All you have to do is enter code wellnessforce at checkout. And the best part is if you're like me and you pretty much hate doing the dishes, well, now you can leave all that behind. You don't have to blend your cucumbers and radishes and lettuce anymore and then spill it all over the kitchen floor. Just let that go. You can take these travel packets of Organifi green juice with you, get all your healthy nutrients and your adaptogens on the go. So huge thanks to this health and wellness and heart-centered company here from my hometown in San Diego, who's giving us such a fat hookup with your special discount code, intercode WellnessForce at checkout over at Organifi. Show them some love, show your body some love while you save some money and practice self-love. These are all great things. Now onto the show, recorded live in Lake Tahoe. And in this podcast, you're going to learn from AJ about how he blended the concepts of UFC and functional exercise to create this head-to-head fitness competition. Why the myth around how strength training is making you bulky is finally coming to an end. What AJ has come to learn about creating strategies for weekly workout routines that also keep you emotionally engaged. Why strength goes much deeper than just looks and has such an impact on our feelings of self-worth. And why finding our best self really happens in the process, which has no finish line. Let's sit down with AJ Richards, live from Lake Tahoe. I just want to thank Spartan, by the way. We are now live with AJ from Rush Club. Rush Club, we're going to find out what this is today. RushClubNation.com is the website. Yeah. 
Now, we're recording from PodFest, part of the 2017 Spartan Race World Championships. I had to get that out of the way, but we do thank Joe DeSena and his crew. This is such a cool moment, man. I met it you is. last night. Yeah. We were eating some uh, meatballs and vegetables. <laughs> uh, tell people who you are, what you do, what are you all about? Yeah, so AJ Richards, I live in uh, Mesa, Arizona. I run a uh, functional fitness training center there, and uh, through creating that and starting with the functional fitness, I was introduced to the world of high-level athletes and then created my own sport of head-to-head fitness competition called Rush Club. So it's head-to-head weight class-based. We call it the Fight Club of Fitness. Is one of the ways it's been. Now, is this for men and women? Oh, yeah. Who would you say gravitates more towards your message? Probably men. Definitely see probably a following of about 60% more men between the ages of uh, 30 to 40 years old is our, our main demographic. But we do see about 20% of the audience are children too. So that's pretty cool. What's interesting to me when I see these digital platforms that are driving health and fitness and wellness, we're seeing this social contagion yeah. everywhere we go. How much of social contagion plays into the success of Rush Club? Everything. And it's actually hurting a little bit. Because in, when we first started, we were at the, when we started was in about five years ago. And so we were at the beginning of social influencers being the place to take your money as a business for exposure. So events, I think primarily up to that point, if you wanted to get your brand out, you would pay me to sponsor my show so that I would put your brand on my show. Sure. That's how you got exposure. Now, a social media influencer with 100,000 has more regular reach and exposure to an audience than my show does, which is only every three months. So now I have a price tag of about twenty-five to $30,000 per show and sponsors don't pay that sort of money to events anymore because they can pay an influencer a fraction of that to get more exposure, regular basis for a long period of time. Now that hurts in the startup phase, which is where we are. Yeah. At some point it switches, right? You got Spartan Race and there's some massive promoters and sponsors because they get a lot of exposure on a high level media platform. But until we get there, we just have a really hard time with sponsor dollars that we actually need to keep the show alive. So what's interesting is that this physical intelligence piece, obviously that's what you guys do. I mean, I'm looking at this Barbell Fight Club, Feel the Rush, the Ludus. You have different programs, different nuances in Rush Club Mm -hmm. that give people just a stronger body, something that can be battle tested. Now, we have a lot of women that listen to the show, a lot of parents that are interested in this intersection of physical and emotional intelligence. How much would you say personally, AJ, that physical intelligence plays into emotional intelligence? What have you seen in your own life? Uh, Forget about the athletes. We'll talk about that in a minute. It, but for you personally. Yeah, well, and that's an easy question because I do run a gym and the primary audience of my gym are women. So my gym has 60% women to men and they are in that about that same age range. And so what we see is the learning that the physical body as a female, what it's capable of, has so much to do with everything that they have to deal with as a female outside of the gym. You know, whether that be you're a mother and so now you have to have the energy to take care of your kids and the confidence to, to, to go out and be about because you're a mother and you might feel you have the body that you didn't have prior to kids. Yeah. That's shifting. Understanding how strength makes an impact on your, on your um, thoughts and feelings about yourself versus how you look. So I think it's safe to say the old days of Cosmopolitan Magazine making everybody look so proportionate, yeah. smooth, in other words, no muscle, is out. We see moms excited to get traps 
excited to get triceps, excited to see these definitions where only five years ago, I had a lady quit because she could see a muscle pushing out of her arm when she was pushing the shopping cart. Let's dive into this because this is such a negative aspect of what has been really projected over millennia about fitness. If you lift weights, you'll get bulky. Mm -hmm. So AJ, you obviously stand for, and I'm sure I can speak for you on this, you will not get bulky just by doing strength training. (laughs) What we're looking for is just humans that can respond to the demands of this modern world where there's more stress than ever. We have become, in my opinion, kind of wussy. Yep. both men and women. Yep. And so how would you say that Rush Club really addresses this? What are some of the long-term aspects of somebody being in Rush Club? Right. You know, that busy mom, that busy dad. Right. So when you see a mom on our stage compete and just dominate, then there's the inspiration to get to the gym. So here's the thing about gyms. They're pointless. They're worthless. While they're sitting there on their own, what a gym is, is absolutely worthless. Until the person who walks in had something in their life tell them, I need to go to utilize that facility to make myself better. A gym is a, a gym is a dead space that has no value until the person that go in had the transformation. Then it becomes something. Then it means something. Because you can it's have well all, yeah, you can have all that amazing equipment, but if it's not being used, then it's pointless. So what Rush Club does is create a beacon of inspiration and motivation to say if she can do it, I can do it. We had a mother, Darcy Warren from Salt Lake, Utah, mother of 7 went head-to-head with a girl with 22 years old, and the 22-year-old barely edged her out. Every mother in the world sees that. That's their champion. And then guess where they're going on Monday? Yeah. They're going to go to the gym because if Darcy can do it with six kids and she's posing in these beautiful fit uh, athletic shots with her tiger stripes, she calls them. Like she earned the stretch marks. From being pregnant, yeah, having children. Yeah, from six kids. She's got, but she's, she owns it. I feel like I might have seen that on social in some oh, way. I'm sure. You, yeah, it was incredible. This is so inspiring, man. So what I'm hearing from you is that Rush Club not only is putting out a digital space where people can connect, but there's also some physical events that you're right. putting on as well. Can you tell us about those? Rush Club is a head-to-head weight class-based fitness competition. What I did is I took the concept of functional fitness right? Picking barbells up, running, jumping, spinning, twisting, that kind of stuff. Functional movement that that you would see in multiple facilities across the country. Um, If you're familiar with CrossFit, then you're familiar with Rush Club. That's right. Yeah. You would see the movements and go, oh. And so we take those athletes, that sport, that movement, and we married it with the concept of like UFC, where it's weight class-based competition. So your goal is to beat somebody of your own weight and then own that title. And then it's yours to defend. Come and get it if you think you have what it takes to take my title, because I don't think you do. So we've created this, this, this show of entertainment. And we did it all specifically for entertainment, because I want a million people to watch and be inspired and then have those million people go live life, become physically active. So our show is a platform for inspiration. That's really what it is. Now, there's a legitimate title on the line. If you're the middleweight champion and you're going to get a prize purse and you want to own that title, then it's a legitimate title. But in the grand scope of things, it's content to motivate. Yeah, and I love this the most because what I'm seeing when you talk is People are unreachable in the CrossFit community. Like these top 10 athletes of the world, Mm -hmm. it's hard to connect with them. If you're a busy mom just trying to shed 25 pounds, what do you think the differentiation is when we look at Rush Club and CrossFit? CrossFit, you know, they say forging elite fitness. What's the differentiation there so that the everyday person can connect with what you guys are all about, these athletes at the top? What we say is we are an expression of fitness. So one of the things that I think has to happen is that a story has to be told about those athletes for you to connect. 
right? So if you don't know Darcy Warren, you would never know that she has six kids and that she could, if she can do it, you can do it. You wouldn't know that. My job as a company is to educate people on who Darcy is for the purpose of them wanting to watch her to win, creating stars. We, we have to, right? Yeah. And so in our format, because it's head-to-head, it lends itself for that. Whereas in a broader scope competition, right, you could say that for any broad scope competition where there's heats of so many people, it's really hard to get to know that individual person. And if you don't know that individual person, the only people who are going to show up is are people who somewhere else found the inspiration to try it. Yeah. But we want to be directly responsible for that. I want to put the content out so you know Darcy so that you say, I can do that. How much does storytelling play into inspiring people? I almost feel like it's the only piece. It is. It's the hero's journey. You have to tell the hero's journey. So that's why part of the curriculum for being on our show, if you're a bump on a log, you're probably not coming on the show. Like You might be a, an incredible athlete. So one thing I – when I built this, I, I compared – what did the Fertitta brothers and Dana White do? Now, I don't say that personality-wise, whatever your opinions are of anybody. I'm yeah. talking about these people who started this business. How did they do it? And what they did was tell the story of these athletes, like Ronda Rousey. And the reason... That was that, an amazing story. Right. But what Dana's made sure of is he gets to choose who competes. There's no qualifying. If you qualify, you give up the ability as the creator to handpick when you find somebody who's special. So when Ronda Rousey was first selected, everybody's pissed off. She didn't earn it. Why did she get the shot? And But Dana, being the guy whose job, his fiduciary responsibility to his company is to grow it, left himself a loophole to say, I will decide if you get to play. And so now he can go out and seek these inspiring people to motivate people to, in, in their particular case, rate to make more money to watch more shows. Yeah. In our particular case, I hope to inspire more people. Well, that's very clear. I mean, I feel that from you sitting from you 100%. I even felt it last night when I met you as well. It's really telling the great story because yeah. look, we don't know why we're here on planet Earth, okay? Mm-hmm. We're all still figuring this thing <laughs> out. Right. We're on a rock in a meat suit yeah. in the middle of outer space. That's right. Hello. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so, yep. I just feel like the way that you speak about what Rush Club represents, this inspirational storytelling component, mm-hmm. to me is a lot more emotionally connectable than a CrossFit. And right. this is not to bag on CrossFit, okay? Sure. Right. I know a lot of people that do CrossFit and they're phenomenal human beings and athletes. But we know that there's only so many ways that human beings can feel connected. Now, what I see with Forging Elite Fitness and with people that only do CrossFit or people that only do a certain thing is there becomes a bit of elitism there. Yeah. How would you say that Rush Club lets go of the elitism? So one of the things that we recently did, and it was just like a moment of inspiration, like that's how we have to go. So prior, we were very similar in the way that the workout would be something random. You know, we have always done things where if it's a weight class base, the programming is specific for the weight, right? So if you're a middleweight athlete or if you're a flyweight, let's use that one as a flyweight as an example. So there are these powerful, incredible women who weigh nothing, 100 pounds, 125. I mean, yeah. they're just, they're phenomenal athletes. Yes. You cannot compete against somebody who's 165 pounds if the workout has a weight in there designed for somebody who's 165 pounds. Okay. Now. They have a very specific test, so I'm not bagging on them at all. Their test is, however you show up, let's see if you can get to the top. I'm saying, I want people to see what this 115-pound girl is capable of, what she can do. And so now we program a bias, so their weight isn't going to be heavy. And I want both athletes to look at that and say, 
that was made for me. I want them both to say that because when they show up on the stage and they both looked at that as that's my workout, like yeah. AJ made that for me, then what we're going to see is an incredible expression of fitness that will literally come down to the last second or rep. So now you're engaged, you're involved, you're emotionally invested in their outcome. Now, what we did was make it even simpler took a page from Spartan Race. I took a page from Ninja Warrior. And what they do is their workouts don't change. The court, the obstacles are always the same. The value in that is now people who want to aspire to be there can take and set those up in their backyard and someday become a Ninja Warrior or someday become a Spartan Race runner. Something to work for. Something to work for. So we took our workouts and said, here is the women's flyweight workout. It will not change. There's no surprise. If you want to take on the girl with the belt, do this. So now rather than being like, there's so many random movements, how I, how could I, uh, you know, I don't want to go into a gym and make that my life in terms of, you know, trying to be a, the fittest man, fittest woman on the planet because that's what it takes. You have to, you have no life. Your yeah. life is that. Whereas with this, oh, you're saying all I got to learn how to do is climb a rope, learn snatches and pull-ups and I could compete. Like I just got to master those three movements. Yeah, that's it. This is so powerful, man. So a lot of times people, they look at these athletes on the podium. They're like, wow, the fittest human beings in the world, the fittest man, the fittest woman in the world. What do you think it looks like to be the fittest man or woman in their world? What right. does that look like? Yeah. Because really, it's not smart for us to compare. Comparison is the thief of joy. That's right. So for a mom listening or a dad listening or just you know any human listening that just wants to be the hero of their own story, yep. what does that look like for them? What do you think they need to be physically and emotionally to do that? I think there's nothing to be. I think it's the pursuit. So as long as you're constantly pursuing your best you, you're there. But you, so there's, it's, it's tricky. Yeah. You have to know that the, the value is in the pursuit, not the accomplishment. And at the same time, always knowing that you're never going to get there. There's no finish line for this right. race. So the mental state change that somebody has to have to get to that point where they say, look, I'm always working for this thing that I'm never actually going to accomplish there's a lot of power in that person who can still keep showing up. But then also understanding that in that moment, you are your best you because you're constantly working for that. So the win is that you are your best you now, but then the, the, the strong person will said, but I got more work to do. We're always evolving, man. And yeah. the person we were yesterday even is different than the person today, right. especially six months ago. Right. You know, something that I see a lot in the fitness space is there is a lot of comparison, but just always understanding like, hey, we're on this process of learning and growth. Things are going to change from day to day. Can we also celebrate the changes we're having? Right. Can we celebrate those? How are you celebrating the changes you've seen in Rush Club from the beginning and then till the end? I celebrate when I get messages from people, right? So the, the celebration to me is, it's acknowledgement to my team that we did it, right? Because none of what I do is capable, possible without my team. We're four or five years in, and everybody's 100% volunteer. We're still, we're still. Wait, hold on. Say that again so people can really understand that. They're all 100% volunteer. Yeah, nobody gets paid. The only person who's been paid anything is our athletes that win or the programmer to program. Why are they so emotionally vested in this? Because we exist to touch, move, and inspire people to action. So when somebody sees our show, they want to be involved. I mean, we just did a show. So I live in Phoenix, Arizona. We did a show on Clearwater Beach, Florida last November. Now, it was a terrible show for us. Nobody showed up. We had great online broadcasting. So my point is, even though the show itself didn't turn out, my team killed it. We were the first event to be set up on the sand in Clearwater Beach, and our stage didn't fall apart. <laughs> the person who took our equipment from Phoenix 
to Clearwater Beach, Florida, 2,400 miles one way, installed the hitch in his truck, paid for the fuel, and made the drive there and back all voluntary. Because when they see it, they want to make sure that everybody else gets to see it. So my responsibility, the weight on my shoulders, is not letting this thing die because so many people have come up and done so much. They've invested so much in the success of this that I would be out of integrity. I would do everybody who's been involved a disservice to not get it across the finish line. One of the themes that's been coming up in my life a lot, and I'm feeling it from you right now, and it's this phrase of the mission is bigger than you. Yeah. The bigger mission of your collective and what yep. you're creating, it's much bigger than if you're hungry, if you're tired. How would you say that you fortified yourself as this leader of Rush Club? I mean, what are the physical and emotional habits that you think have been a big deal to you yeah. to be able to make that mission bigger than you? I think the most important one, and I think a lot of people miss it, is allow your mind to be coached. Like your thoughts your perception of the way things are is only your perception of the way things are right now and it's okay to have them changed or transformed I should say it's a better word so you know look I grew up on a ranch I didn't grow up on the ranch I was the city slicker cousin but all my family were ranchers they still do that to this day like you know the movie city slickers sure that's my family yeah. They own property in northern Arizona that's been in family for generations. They settled it when the government said, if you want to come out and make a go of it, here's the land. Like, that's my heritage. Those people, they're extremely hardworking. They wake up before the sun gets up, and they work their fingers to the bone until the sun goes down. But they don't know how to change their perception of their world. Like, their world is what they were born into. This is so powerful. So I had, that's where I came from. So all of a sudden, things are not working out because I'm not in an environment that, that they were born into. I am you know, have to figure out my, I'm not a rancher, I'm not doing this thing. And I'm running up to these things, right? Because now I live in Arizona, there's diversity. You know, when you grow up on a ranch, there's no, there's, there's the cows, there's kind the chickens. Of the same view every it's day. The same it's view same every day. Yeah, it's small town mentality. So then I join the military and I see all these things, I'm learning all these things, but I still had this mindset that all I got to do is put my head down, work hard, don't share your feelings. Don't share your emotions. Don't let anybody know you're afraid. Just deal with it. And then uh, that almost collapsed of marriage. Still married, so we're winning. <laughs> Three kids, but it almost collapsed in marriage because there were things that I didn't know how to give up because I didn't see it. And then I was introduced to life coaching, and I'm like, I don't believe in that. What touchy- is this crap where you talk yeah, about your feelings? This touchy filly bullshit. What? But the guy that that I met that does it, I had this tremendous amount of respect for. And he introduced me to a program called Landmark Worldwide. So anyway, all of that to say, yeah. you have to be willing to let to seek other ways of being if you want to evolve. Man. You can't grow if you're stuck with your own view of the world. Everybody's view of the world is real. Like our universe is our universe. So the way AJ sees the world is true. Just like the way you see the world is true. Everything is truth until you open yourself up to see it in a new way. And then you can adopt a new truth. And those new truths might be what takes you to the next level. But unless you're willing to let that in and see it from another perspective or listen to somebody's conversation, you know, having a conversation with somebody and actually hearing what they're saying, yes. rather than trying to fit it into your mold of what you think, there's a difference. That's what you and I are doing right now. Yeah. We're here at this event. There's a lot of distraction in the room. 
I haven't been distracted from you once yeah, because here. I'm just connected energetically to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You talked about how you came up in this environment where people didn't share their emotions. It right. wasn't cool. And especially, I think this paradigm is changing now, even in the services right. and, and the armed forces, uh-huh. where it is okay to talk about your feelings more. It doesn't make you less of a man. In fact, paradoxically, it makes you more of a man. Right. This is the real bleeding edge, I believe, of, of emotional intelligence. And Mark Devine was on the show. We talked about this, how the real warrior knows when to use the sword yeah. and knows when to hold space emotionally. You got to have both. It's important to do and act and take care of things. You know, as a dad, you know this, right? (laughs) But for the people that are listening that are kind of like, okay, this Rush Club's very inspiring, but like, how does it actually plug into my life, to my journey, Mm -hmm. to my emotional strength, to my physical strength? What would you tell them? Watch them. If you watch a Rush Club event, invest some time in not just, not just observing what's happening, Look at the emotional f- aspect of the faces of the athletes while they're struggling. It's, it's in the struggle is where the growth is. So you can sit back and be an observer and just watch. Like you can watch these two people go head to head and climb a rope and come down and climb a rope. But when you get a chance, if you take a second to try to actually make eye contact with the athlete, even though they're not looking at you, but look at the emotion in their face, that emotion is what we all have to reach to grow from. If you don't find yourself in moments of that you won't find growth. Just, I mean, there's all these cliches, right? How is a diamond made, right? I mean, there's all Pressure and time, baby. Pressure and time, (laughs) right. Yeah. What I've seen with Rush Club, people already get there. My team has done a really good job telling the story when you watch. Because of the weight class and because it comes down to the last second and last rep, you're looking at two people like, are you going another rep already? Crap, now I have to do another rep. Like, you're, you're becoming invested emotionally to where... You start questioning, do I have what it takes? Mm -hmm. But then, I kind of haven't got to this part yet, but we added another element that shifted and changed everything. We added adaptive athlete divisions. Now, these are elite level athletes. These are not, you're missing a leg, I feel bad for you, come and play. Yeah. No, they earned the shot there. We're talking people that could run circles around any decent athlete in their sport. And so now you've got athletes who are missing legs, missing limbs, and in wheelchairs competing for a legitimate title on a stage with non-adaptive athletes for legitimate titles. They're equal, and we treat them that way. If somebody calls me and says, I want to compete in middleweight, I'll be like, well, you're fat. Go to the gym. Then you can compete in the middleweight, right? Mm-hmm. Or you know, I would tell them, you haven't earned it. You call me if you're in a wheelchair, you're going to get the same answer. I'm talking to the person. I'm not talking to the injury. Because of that couple of things for the community itself for that adaptive community they have said thank you in this space we are not a sideshow we are not a inspiration porn is what they call it (laughs) all these memes that we see on social we act exactly we actually get recognized as athletes on your stage yeah and i'm like good that's what i want and it is no different it's no different than me programming a workout for a lightweight and a heavyweight I'm just not going to have the guy missing a leg do alternating pistols. I'm not going to have a lightweight do 500-pound back squats. Yeah. It's no different. And now because we're head-to-head, we're able to put them in an environment that allows them to uh, express their fitness, so our expression of fitness. The other thing it does, this is not for them, this is for everybody else. Even though we're accomplishing that goal and still inspiring people, we're now uh, we're able to inspire people. If you watch UFC and you watch Conor McGregor go rounds, right, with somebody and he wins, are you going to go fight on Monday? No. It's MMA. I don't, that doesn't connect with me. Sure. If you watch somebody exercise 
Everybody can exercise. And then if you think you can't, and then you see somebody come out and crush it in a wheelchair, don't you tell me you can't. I am always more inspired by athletes that are moving well mm-hmm. than the MMA. And this is not to knock MMA. I just feel like there is a bit of a primal aspect that we've lost touch with as right. humanity here. Mm-hmm. But it's also being displayed in cages. Like there's right. something about that where it's so primal. I don't know your thoughts on this. I'd love yeah. for you to weigh in. <laughs> yeah. The people that literally beat themselves to a pulp, like how healthy is that for kids to see? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's really the best narrative for youth right now? Or yeah. is something like BJJ or is something like CrossFit or Rush Club, is right. that a better nuance for them to explore in this fitness expression you talk about? You know, I, I think my, my answer to that would be depending on the athletes themselves and how it's portrayed. So when, you know, it wasn't a particularly bloody fight, but when Mayweather and McGregor were done, they had positive things to say about each other, right? Not leading up to the fight. Not leading up to the fight. So that's the unfortunate side, right? Because anybody who heard that and saw that before and then didn't watch the fight in the post-fight, assume there's hate but if you watch the post fight it was all love they had a tremendous amount of respect for each other but my answer is as long as they're portrayed in a way that there's there's sportsmanship if you and i go blows and we just beat each other to a pulp and then we hug afterwards and the world knows that we have a mutualist respect and that it wasn't out of hate then i think it's fine but if fighting gets portrayed out of hate, like promoting the show, I hate you, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to take you. Right, and we know this is appealing to the old school system of our brain that loves right. to focus on threats and negativity, right. which this is the amygdala. I mean, they do that marketing for a reason. I know. What I love, at least when I look at your site and just being in your presence, I don't feel like you do that. I don't. I don't feel like you're trying to tap into the marketing aspects of making somebody feel inferior, making them feel insecure because they're not forging elite fitness, yep. making them feel like they should look a certain way and they don't, and that's why they need to do your program. Right. What I felt from you this whole conversation, man, is that really this is about the fitness expression, That's right. which the emotional ties into that. I'd love to ask you a couple questions before we wrap up yeah. here, because I'm just feeling like we could probably do another podcast <laughs> at some point in the future, which yeah. possibly we will. This emotional and physical intersection that you see just in fitness and wellness in general, what does this mean to you for somebody to actually embody both of those qualities in this modern world and just really unpack that for somebody listening who's like, okay, what's one thing that I should do tomorrow, AJ? You've inspired me, but like, what do I do? Get up and do burpees. I mean, if it's, if first of all, get up, second, do burpees. Like if, if that's, if that's where you're coming from, get up and do burpees and then start from there. But what's missing in this world is up until very, very recently in our history, the fifties to be exact, we stopped having to work hard, exert hard physical energy to live. We stopped. Now we don't have to do anything and we have access to an immediate high caloric diet with no effort. That's what's killing the world. Now, this country specifically, because we are so blessed, if you want to call that blessed. Diseases of affluenza. Right, exactly. So here we are. We have all of this access to everything. Everything that we're being flooded with, all the information we're being given is not to support your body as a living being. It's to sell product. And so what's not being heard is those of us who are the kooks, we sound crazy because we're saying, get up at 4.30 in the morning, do a bunch of burpees, and then hunt and grow as much of your own food as you possibly can. Don't shop from the store. All the things that your constant exposure to media is telling you should do. So the minority sounds crazy, right? We sound psycho because the money is telling you to go here and do this and buy this and drink Coke and blah, 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 blah. So... I believe, it's a very grand belief, 
But I believe that the answer to ending conflict is people training. And that's because once somebody is happy with who they are, they have no reason to pick a fight. If you wake up every morning and you take care of your being physically, spiritually, emotionally, who do you want to fight with? If everybody would do that, there would be no reason for war. Man, that was one of the most powerful things you said on the show. This has been such a great conversation. I want to ask you about wellness because wellness has changed so much in the past year, I think, in the way that people have actually taken it in. Like, what is wellness and what is that to you? I mean, how would you define personally wellness for yourself? What is your definition of wellness? My wellness is hard physical activity at least once a day, right? Metabolic conditioning, anaerobic. And then beyond that, it's whatever I have to do to make sure that I live as natural as possible. Right. So not sitting on the couch watching hours and hours and hours of television. So it's interesting. So my, I have a gym. It's called the Rush Club Human Performance Center. And so we've been diving into the thought process of what is human performance. Human performance has evolved. Human performance for somebody who works in a corporate world is actually different than human performance for somebody who's working in an oil field. Absolutely. Human performance is to that individual doing it. Now, what we have to do is educate on how you can be the best desk jockey there is, the healthiest desk jockey, because that's a job that still needs to be fulfilled. But your human performance is typing and sitting. So what if we, you know, like everybody's trying to do, educate sit-stand desks, ergonomical keyboards for computers, but then exercise on top of that and the right food. It's adjusting what our lives look like in this modern era, but still re-engaging like, hey, look, you no longer have to hunt and grow your food, so you should spend an hour pretending you are. That's what functional fitness is. It's spending an hour pretending that you're hunting and growing your food. My uncles are ranchers. We talked about that. Do you know what a clean and jerk is? It's baling hay as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> right. When you pick a hay, bale hay off the ground and throw it on the truck, you just did a clean and jerk. That's the original definition of functional fitness. It was to perform a function. Yeah. So I think this is what gets a little mixed up in the industry. So, man, thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing Thanks what you me. do. This has been so unique. The Facebook page is Rust Club Nation. Tell us what the website is, RushClubNation.com. RushClubNation.com. AJ, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Hey, my friend. Thank you for hanging out and growing with me on today's show. Remember to hit subscribe, share this podcast with somebody you care about that you think gets to hear this message. Support the show by leaving a five-star review for the podcast right now simply by tapping on your show artwork on your iPhone. Click that purple link that says review this podcast. It helps the show reach more conscious and smart people like you and your voice will attract more world-class guests that want to come on the show. So let them hear your voice. For all the downloads, videos, links, and free resources mentioned on the episode, go to wellnessforce.com forward slash radio. And while you're at my house on the web, join us in the Wellness Force community newsletter on that page and I'll send you four free guides around staying healthy with your eating, moving, and sleeping while you travel. Join a group of people like you over at the Wellness Force community Facebook page. This is where we talk about the things that really matter. We share our wins, inspirations, struggles, and a lot more. So join us, tap on the show artwork on your phone and hit that purple link that says join the Facebook group and I will welcome you at the door. Okay, now you get to go out into your world and create impact for the people that you care about. So until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.